want to give a quick word about missions. You know, in our church, we really feel that missions is important. And this word is a very big word, and it can be very abstract. But yesterday, there was a group of, I mean, I don't know the number. Uh, there's 15 or more of us at the cafe going out on evangelism, and we evangelized for a couple hours. And that is missions, right? Uh, we're sharing the gospel. Uh, the beautiful thing was there was a, a new girl there, um, Michelle, from a church called Harvest. And uh, their church, I guess, doesn't do evangelism. They heard that we do. So she joined us yesterday to go on evangelism. And uh, she said she had a great talk with a young lady who went to church with her this morning. So it's amazing to see that when you are a church that has a mission, uh, which is really the hearts of God. And in Second Kings... This is an interesting passage because it, here the story is, is that Israel has been overcome by the Assyrians, right? Uh, they are no longer in charge of their own land. They no longer have their own king. They no longer have their own place of worship. This is an interesting story. Second Kings chapter 17, starting in verse 24. The people, the king of Assyria brought people from Babylon, Sirtha, Ava, Hamath, and from the Sifrium. I should have like tested these words before I started this. <laughs> and placed them in the cities of Samaria instead of the children of Israel. And they took possession of Samaria and dwelt in its cities. And it, it was so in the beginning of their dwelling there that they did not fear the Lord. They did not fear the Lord. Therefore, the Lord sent lions among them, which killed some of them. Interesting, isn't it? You wonder why in some places there are the conditions that they are in. And very simply, it could be because they do not fear the Lord. You know, that's the same for America. If we stop fearing the Lord, you know, what will happen to America? And we're beginning to see what will happen if, you, if we begin to stop fearing the Lord. But it's interesting. So it says in verse 26, it says, so, so they spoke to the king of Assyria, saying, The nations whom you have removed and placed in the cities of Samaria do not know the rituals of the God of the land. Therefore he sent lions among them, and indeed they are killing them because they do not know the rituals. They do not know God. Verse 27 is amazing. Then the king of Assyria, an unbelieving king, commanded, saying, Send therefore one of your priests whom you brought from there. Let, let him go in and dwell there and let him teach them the rituals of the God of the land. You know, here, here the Israels are, they're being overrun. There's other people from other countries. The very next verse says actually that the missionary that sent didn't have a lot of success because they continued to worship idols. But here is the amazing thing. What is missions? Missions is that we are being sent and we're being sent to teach people the fear of the Lord. Yeah, the apostles did it, right? Yeah. I mean, and what does that form look like? I mean, it looks very different. Yesterday, it was a group of people out there on the streets handing out tracts, confronting people. This morning, it was setting up a tent for James and Jody. 
Um, you know, it, it has many different functions. And the thing is, is this is something that we are called to. Matthew chapter 28, there is no exemption from any believer. We are all called to the Great Commission. And a lot of people say, well, I'm not called to go on a mission field and go to a different country. Maybe you're not. But there's something that God has put in your heart. He has put the fear of the Lord in there. He has taught you the value, like the relationship that you have with God. You know, that value is instilled in your life. And that's something that in a way, maybe we don't go out and teach but, it, but we do go out and we shine, right? God has told us to go out and shine. And yesterday there were some people that came and I said, well, how is your conversations that you had? And they says, I didn't have any. <laughs> and what she meant is I didn't talk to anybody. I was with people who talked. And that is okay. Because you don't always have to, that, that's not what it's about. It's about here being sense in the fear of the Lord shining in our life and that's what we are learning uh, pastor mike i i was with you guys uh, in april for seven years or so uh, we know him and his life uh, his character how he works hard on the mission field um, we know what he has done and we look forward to see like how god is going to use him and his family in the future and as a church you know as we listen to him like, let's think about, you know, Mike and Averill. Let's think about them and pray for them. Because as a church, you know, we are going to start uh, supporting them. And we're going to see what God is going to do. But the most important thing that we could do is pray also, isn't it? So please welcome Pastor Mike. So this is just recording. So that's not a timer. It's not going to blow up. <laughs> Thanks. All right, so it's <clears throat> great to be here. Um, there's so many people here, including like Pastor Dennis, Kaylee, Elias, that have been involved with China. Um, of course, my son is back there. Um, he was with us. Paul, who just sung, as Pastor Dennis mentioned, he was our song leader. And that song he used to sing in Kunming. Um, so I mean, it was just great to it was great to to hear you again. Um, Pastor Jason and Leah have visited at least two or three times. We had an amazing um, one week intensive class with Pastor Jason last time. I'll never forget it. We had like fifty people just. Um, just, you know, in a room smaller than this, just packed. I don't even know how the, how we had this many, um, you know, chairs and desks, but I just, I even, I still remember the messages. And he said he had been thinking about like the messages for several weeks before. I, I just could tell because it was amazing and, you know, it was a great time. So, um, of course, my wife is here to my left, who she, um, you know, it's, it's impossible to really start to say um, her, um, you know, 
contribution because you just it's impossible to stop when you start um, it, you know so that's it's as simple as that um, but I'm happy to talk about it but um, I get a little nervous because this thing's moving <laughs> Lord just bless uh, bless these words and uh, thank you for this amazing church in Frederick that you've ordained really before the foundation of the world um, to start here and uh, just bless our time now in Jesus name amen just a couple of verses I'd like to start with um, first in Isaiah 53 really great to um, just be with you today. Verse 6. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. Um, I think we could say that we have all gone astray. We have all gone astray. Um, and then we were found, right? Luke 19.10 says Jesus came to seek and to save. That was lost, but we were all wanderers. And I would say to some extent, even though we are believers, we are still wanderers and we still have a tendency um, to wander. And sometimes, um, like, you know, just to give you maybe an example, I, I used to tell my Bible college students, um, you know, I, I wandered away from God's will for five years. Actually, it would have been more like four years on the mission field. Like, I feel like I went to a place that God did not lead me to go. I had all sorts of reasons why this would be a great place. I had great people that I had actually invested in and discipled in that were there. Everything was right, but it wasn't God's will. And God, you know, I'm not going to get into how I found that out, but it was just clear and I was a wanderer as a missionary you know because we are wanderers and we just um, go places and stray places that um, you know we, 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 we don't go and you know what is a wanderer a wanderer is not you know some people would define it as somebody with that's aimless and without a purpose without a goal spiritually wandering is just kind of I would define it as um, leaving a person or wandering from a person and that person is of course Jesus Christ that's what a, what a wanderer is and um, you know when I went <clears throat> I think it was the second year I went to China uh, Kunming um, I was I went there first 
The first year, my wife um, one time went with Kaylee to, it was actually, I believe, a junkyard. And they went with the kids. Kaylee had done, I guess, a lot of research on some dogs that were there and just had kind of looked into it. And they were going, and, and Kaylee was going to adopt the dog. So Averill brought our kids, who were very young at the time. And, of course, I get the phone call. Um, we'd like to take home a dog, too. There's, a, there's another dog there. And, I, you know, of course, just a brilliant response. You know, when you got two small kids screaming in, in, in the background, and I could hear in my wife's voice, the anticipation of taking home a dog, you know, I, I, I say just a, a tremendous word of wisdom, don't make an emotional decision, <laughs> you know? And, you know, of course, this is, of all emotion, of all decisions, this is gonna be an emotional decision, but they brought home the dog, and I got to take care of the dog by myself when I came back. And it didn't have a very good experience over the summer. So when I got back, it was still, you know, it wasn't quite normal. So I took it for a walk once and I got to the door, which is, by the way, about six stairs high with no elevator. And then I took the leash off before I got in the house and the dog went down one flight of stairs and then looked at me. And I said, come on up. And he didn't move. And I said, come up here, nutmeg. And he just took off down to the next flight. And that started basically a pursuit of about an hour around northern Kunming searching for this dog. And basically, I could always see it in front of me. And it was always probably about... 15 to 20 feet in front of me, but I was doing the craziest things trying to get this dog back. It would go out in front of the street. I would jump in the middle of traffic going like this. You know, literally I was doing that. I'm not exaggerating. You know, risking my life going from neighborhood to neighborhood looking for this dog. And about an hour later, I dived on the ground, managed to catch the dog, and brought it back. And, you know, I wasn't that crazy about this dog. You know, I wasn't that crazy about the dog, but I was kind of crazy about my wife. And I knew my wife loved the dog. And that is why I went after the dog, because I just was like, you know, as much as I wanted to say, this is not worth it, I thought about how much my wife loved the dog, and it was worth it. But my dog was a wanderer. It was a bad wanderer. But, um, you know, God motivated me through my wife to just pursue. And, and that's the beautiful thing about being a wanderer and that is, is God pursues us and God um, finds us 
that's that's just it's just so amazing like we're here today um you know we didn't really find god i think i mean of course we can say that and that's not incorrect but god found us and we said yes and we responded to him and we were found we were wandering and god pursued us and god introduced his love to us and the gospel we said yes and we're found and we're here isn't that amazing it was god god did it he's the one who looks for us when we wander david um and this is just the next verse i want to in psalm 56 Psalm 56 and verse 8. Um, it, says, it says, Thou countest my wanderings, that's the New King James, and put thou my tears into thy bottle. Are they not in my book? Um, or thy book, your book? It says, um, you count my wanderings. You pay attention to my wanderings. Um, <clears throat> some of you have maybe have had small kids. You go to a park. You bring your small kids, maybe five, six years old, you and your wife. And there's other families there maybe with small kids. And you start talking with the other parents. And, you you know, I've noticed, like, my wife doing this, and she'll, you know, strike up a conversation with somebody, another mother. And the kids are really close, and, you know, they're deep in conversation. And then the child, one, maybe our child, yeah, will maybe stray off about five feet, ten feet. And the conversation's still going on, but my wife is aware that there's been some distance like achieved with my child and with our child, of course. And um, five, 10 feet, you know, she'll, she'll be talking, but she glances over in the middle of the conversation and she knows where the kids are. And then the conversation, but then maybe it'll go 20 feet or 30 feet. And then it'll be like, okay, I gotta go, hold on. She's aware of where my kids are. And God is aware of where we are. Like God is like, sometimes if we are wandering, you know, we might think that God doesn't care where I am because maybe at that point of time in my weakness and in the hardness of my heart, maybe I'm not really caring much about God. And I think maybe I'm not caring much about God. God is not caring much about me, but he is aware and he is aware of where I am. His attention is on where I am. He's paying attention to me and he knows as a loving father, like he knows. And he is ready in his sovereignty to do something to protect me. 
if I, if I need to be protected. And again, this is just amazing. Like, he, he's aware. And, and even though, like, when we are perhaps wandering around the streets, and sometimes I like to take walks in our neighborhood, and I don't necessarily know the neighborhood very well, but I do know one thing. If I walk about 30 minutes from my house, I will have to maybe walk 30 minutes back to get to my house. I mean, usually that law of distance kind of works when you're going away from your house. So the amazing thing with God is, is if you wander, no matter how long you've wandered and no matter how long you've gone, maybe you've wandered for a year, maybe three years, maybe five years, maybe you've covered an incredible amount of distance in your mind with your relationship with God and you've turned on him, the incredible thing is, is it doesn't take that long to get back to him. Amen. It's amazing that in a split second, he is there and he hears you and he can restore you instantly. No matter what distance you've covered and how far you've wandered and how far you've gone, it's a matter of a second of turning and those laws of distance that we are used to when we get lost in a car or lost walking, it's not the same. It's a different law. It's like he's right there and he restores you. David spent a lot of time wandering. He wandered trying to escape Saul. He wandered trying to escape Absalom, his son. You know, it could have been 15 years, could have been more if you add it all up. And even in, in his heart, he wandered after he committed adultery and killed um, Uzziah. He wandered in his heart. And it was almost a year that he wandered in his heart mm -hmm. from God. But you know what's amazing? It's amazing how God declares David after his life in the book of Acts. In Acts 13, 22, it says, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart who will do all of my will. You know, he wandered. He had his times of wandering. He had his times of problems, but the declaration of God on his life was amazing. It is, he was a man after my own heart who did all of my will. That's the graciousness of God. So cannot let your past wanderings keep you from a full reward because a full reward can be waiting for you even if we have times of wandering. Um, I think, um, you know, we can never, you know, you, you, you see all of these kind of television shows about people, you know, trying to make a tiny house and like living off the grid. I mean, you know, you've probably seen that. I mean, it's kind of popular these days. I want to live off the grid. You know, I want to get off the grid. You know, you cannot wander off the grid of God's sovereignty. Mm -hmm. 
and his love. It's like you cannot get out of that realm because it's like the height, the depth, the width, the breadth. You cannot leave the grid of God's love and God's faithfulness no matter how you wander when we are a son and a daughter of him. There could be discipline. There probably will be discipline as sons and daughters. And that might not be easy and that might not be fun sometimes. But it's all done in love as he's paying attention, as he's counting your wanderings, as he's aware where you are when you wander. He's aware. He, he pays attention and he'll discipline. So God goes after lost things, lost souls and lost daughters and, and sons. And it's, it's an amazing thing. He, he, he pays attention. He numbers. He numbers our wanderings. You know what? That's one type of wandering. And then just as we kind of bring this to a close, there's another type of wandering in the Bible. And that is not a wandering from the person of Christ, but it's wandering with the person of Christ. Um, <laughs> Genesis 20:13, it says, um, Abraham said, and it came to pass when God caused me to wander from my father's house. It was when he was called to leave his family. It was, he said, he called me to wander. And then maybe if you could turn just, you know, finally in Hebrews 11, we could all turn Hebrews 11, starting in verse 13. It says, these all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, were assured of them, embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For those who say, going on with verse 14, for those who say such things declare plainly that they seek a homeland. And truly, if they had called to mind that country from which they had come out, they would have had opportunity to return. But now they desire better that is a heavenly country. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. In verse 38, of whom the world was not worthy, they wandered in deserts and mountains and dens and caves on the earth. So in one sense, Christians are wanderers with God because a priority is God's will and people. Like our, our value system, like what is important, what is valuable is not really what the world says it is. I mean, the world says, you know, pad your bank account, have financial security, and we all understand that there's nothing wrong with that. And you know, maybe God will call somebody who knows in this room to be richer than Bill Gates. I mean, who knows? I mean, we don't know. But the but the priority 
And the value system is God's will and people. That is, and because it's God's will and people, we make decisions a little bit different than the world does. And Moses was a wanderer. He left Egypt, was in the wilderness for 40 years. David was a, was a, was a wanderer. Jesus, if you looked at what he did during his years of ministry, you kind of think he's a wanderer. He's going from town to town. He's going to a well over there to talk to a lady. He's going somewhere else to heal somebody. It was a little random, but there was God's, the Father's will was there, and people were there. Paul, when you look at his journeys, he was a wanderer because there were people in these places. There were people in these cities. And then once he had churches, he said, let's visit those people again and go back. He was kind of a wanderer, if you will. But this is a different type of wandering. It's a wandering that is representing and walking with the kingdom of God and being with the King, Jesus Christ. It reminds me of a story that we learned when we were learning Chinese of an emperor in China just centuries ago. And he used to do something that nobody else did. And he would dress up as a common person, take one of his servants, leave the palace, walk the streets, and just kind of see where people were at. And he would get invited over to a common person's house as the emperor. And, the, and you know, they would, he would just try to find out what people would be thinking, you know, what would pe you know, he wouldn't rely on his servants to tell him everything he'd want to hear it himself. So he'd be sitting down with supper in just normal garb. The host did not know who this person was, just the servant that was with him. And sometimes, as the story goes, the emperor would give the servant some tea, and the servant would be like, I cannot, you know, normally, you know, he would say, you can't do that. He would bow down on the floor and, and you know, put his hands down. But what he did was, is he did this with his hands. And they do that in China today, and it means thank you. It's kind of like, I'm, I can't bow down on the floor with my knees, but I'm going to do this just to let you know that in my heart I'm bowing down. And, they, and they, they still do that. They'll laugh if you do that today in China. But it was a king that was kind of wandering amongst the people. And we have the opportunities as ambassadors to do the same thing. We have an amazing citizenship that is in heaven. We are sojourners and wanderers with God in this short life that we have to seek people as Christ seeks them and be a part of his plan that can just really change the destiny of people. And it's an amazing thing. So we just heard Pastor Dennis say that there was soul winning. There was evangelism yesterday. 
um, there were kind of Christians from this church that were kind of wandering the streets, but they were wandering with God. They were sharing some things with people about the good news. Um, <clears throat> in closing, um, you know, when we first went to Kunming, we really did not know much of anybody, anybody or any person. And, and Dennis and Kaylee, Pastor Dennis and Kaylee, landed the same day as my family. They, I think they landed a little bit later in the airport. Um, and, you know, we, I don't even know how, because we didn't have the cell phone thing going. I don't know how we got everything going and we could communicate. They went to one place and we went to another place. But it was just two families landing in the middle of a foreign land, not really knowing anything. But, and the, and the first few weeks were very interesting. Um, my wife, you know, in, in, at the time, the floors were a kind of tile that were just like ice. It was so slippery. And if it got wet, it was just worse than ice. My, my wife fell twice in the first week, just right on her knee, just right off the bat. Kaylee was coming out of a parking garage and just out of nowhere, the parking garage gate like either came down, I think it came down or up. No, it came up and hit her in the head. Like, and she didn't even see it, just out of nowhere. Um, sometime also in those beginning in that beginning time where we were there, um, Kaylee was going down the elevator of her house and there was another person there. I can't remember if it was a guy or a girl, but they just, in the middle of the elevator ride, they just collapsed and fell on the ground just out of nowhere. And Kaylee's just standing there. And I mean, that was, there was some interesting things that happened in those very early days. But, you know, we had a, a homeless guy, I think he was homeless, named Joseph, that, you know, used to come to church and, and he, you know, he was, he was, you know, he was just great to have around. But the amazing thing happened, and I just will wrap it up with this, is it was maybe a couple of years in, we had two young people, I believe it was Lian Tu and, and Luke, that wanted to go to Bible college. And we said, why don't we just, for two people, let's just open a Bible college. So we opened five classes a week, three hours a night, for Luke and Lian Tu. It was just two. But Pastor Dennis and I split up the classes, the five classes, and we started a Bible college, you know, with two people, with five three-credit classes. And, you know, you know that, you know, you guys have heard that movie, if you build the field, they'll, they'll come. Like, what is that? A field of dreams? 
it was like if you just start the classes, you know, people will come. And people came. Single people started to come first from all over, you know, all over different places. And then we had families that moved like thousands, really thousands of miles away with their kids to our city because of a Bible college. And it turned into just a very special, amazing thing. And it still is. And the people there are still very grateful, tremendously grateful for Pastor Dennis, Kaylee, the investment, Paul, um, and all of the investment. They are still there. They're still doing well. Um, we had kind of an interesting thing happen this year where we finally kind of were officially rated. I don't know how much uh, you've heard about that here, but um, the government rated our church and Andrash, which Pastor Dennis mentioned before, um, as well as um, Paul, who is live and in person here, was deported. He was deported. Like, he got deported as a missionary. It's amazing. He was interrogated by Chinese, four different, like, Chinese government agencies. Huh? Who? I don't know. I don't know, because they don't know Steve. <laughs> yeah. Who knows? Steve's another great story, but um, but Paul and his brother were like called into the police station, interrogated for hours, had their phones and devices taken for you know a couple of weeks, um, then brought in again two times after that, right? Like they brought him back in and they signed something. And they thought, well, it's over, and then they got a call again. And then it's like, no, that's not over. You come back and guess what? You know, you got so much time. You got like 30, 15 days to leave or something. It was like 15 or something. But uh, yeah, so here is a live, like persecuted person here sitting in our midst. And uh, this is, this is how, but it's like, you know, you live godly in Christ Jesus stuff like this happens that's what the bible says so um please continue to pray for them um Averill and i are taking kind of a time out because of what happened there for china um we hope to go back after a few years at least to visit and now we're planning you know just by the great we're going to go to singapore see what god does there um, trusting God will provide and we've got a couple of a few amazing people there already um, that we have a history with us in our church so um, it's it's kind of doing the same thing that we did in Kunming with Pastor Dennis and Kaylee We're, we don't really know much we don't know anything about it we're just going to land there and see what happens but you know once you start church and you start Bible college you you just study the word, you pray, you walk with God, you wander with God. He counts the wanderings 
He keeps, he pays attention and he brings people to you. So Lord, just thank you for this day. Just thank you for this time. And thank you for um, China missions, East Asia missions. Thank you for the servants that are represented here that have been there and walked those grounds and really wandered with you in those areas and were used by you. And just pray that you would uh, really um, just thank you so much for this church and just thank you for the opportunity to, to meet people here in this great town. Jesus' name, amen. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, so, yeah, we did again. Like this is very like uh, us, greater grace. Like we do things, and actually, I think wandering is a great example, a great word for what we do. Because uh, honestly, we don't really know what we're doing. Uh, we just like say, hey, I think uh, God wants us to do this, and we go ahead and do it, you know. So I was actually on my way um, to another city. Oh. Hold on. Yeah, we'll do it at the end. Sorry, Javid was supposed to be here today, actually. So somebody texted me. I thought it was him, but it's not him. So I was supposed to go to, those of you who know that your world map, I was supposed to go to Udumuchi, which is on the western side of, of China where borders all the stands. That's kind of a hot spot right now for the genocide and all the fencing and all that stuff. So I was supposed to go there with Pastor Javid. And long story short, I mean, we didn't end up going there. And then, you know, Pastor Shabel was like, now what are you going to do? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> and he's like, well, Pastor Mike's going to China. Why don't you go with him? I'm like, okay, fine. You know, we didn't own anything. We were living in my sister-in-law's basement. So it's like, what is it? I mean, why do I care where I go, actually? Let's just go, okay? So we went, and it's just so funny because we ended up going, and you guys didn't know when we were landing. And actually, our flight was late anyways because of the connections. I landed in Kunming, and all of a sudden, I see Mike running up. I'm like, what the heck are you doing? And he's wearing this shirt. I'm like, what are you wearing? He was wearing Averill's T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what, what are you, what, for one, what are you doing here and what are you wearing? He goes, yeah, the, the airline lost our luggage and this is all I have is my wife's t-shirt. I'm like, so yeah, he's like, I'm here actually looking for my luggage. So you're not here looking for me? Because my, because we arrived like 16 hours late because of the flight pattern. And the guy that was supposed to meet us was this little, his name was Rick, actually. It's so funny. This little guy named Rick, we were chatting online. He's supposed to pick us up. We had no way to communicate with him that their airline was late. So we get there. There's nobody to pick us up. And he shows up with a 12-passenger van for his luggage. No luggage, by the way, still. <laughs> but we're there. So we hop in the van, and we had this little address, and we're, like, wandering the city, trying to find, figure out where this high-rise is, you know. I mean, we're talking 30-story high-rises, you know. So we rented this apartment on the Internet. I don't even know how we did that. And, you know, so we're wandering the city, and finally, after like an hour and a half of wandering, we give up. There's this little Korean driver, you know, she goes, sorry, you know, I'm like, okay, well, let's just pull over. So we pull over on the side of the road, and all of a sudden, this little tiny Asian man just starts running at us. And he's like, Dennis, Dennis, Dennis. 
I'm like, what the heck is going on? <laughs> and he's like, is your name Dennis? I'm like, first of all, who are you? I'm, before I answer that question, you know, and I mean, it was the funniest thing. Like he ended up like staying with this Korean family in the home and we we're like on the other end of the city and outside of our apartment was a, a KTV. Does anybody know what a KTV, like it was a karaoke bar and I'm, I'm not kidding at two in the morning. They're on the streets with microphones and speakers larger than this. And they were singing like the Eagles at two in the morning. <laughs> and there's like these bright lights flashing. I'm like, this is the best thing. I love the mission fields, you know? And we, we, we couldn't read any Chinese. So we would walk like an hour and a half to their house because we didn't know how to use the bus. So we were like, all right, well, we'll just walk. So we'd walk an hour and a half just to get like, oh, finally. <laughs> There's Americans here. <laughs> I mean, and I just love that word wandering and, um, you know, just thinking of those that are new to the church. And, you know, for one, as you're getting to know us, uh, the way we do things is there is planning. You know, we do have elders, by the way, in our church. Pastor Jason's an elder, Pastor Gary, myself. We also have do tr- we do have trustees, you know, Boyette, Les, and Ryan. Uh, you know, there is like some sort of organization amongst us, you know. When you, when you give in the offering, <laughs> the money is taken care of properly, okay, guys? But on the other side, you know, there is something, there's a mystery about us walking with God, right? And I think if we know what we're doing, we're probably not where we belong. Because that means we're not living in the mystery. We're not living in the wandering, you know. And, um, you know, and, and in our church, that's how I want it to be. Like, I want us to be living on the edge of what God is doing. And Moses went up to the mountain, and we talked about this sometime recently. And he said to to God, you know, remember in Exodus chapter 20, God promised an angel to go with Israel through the deserts, and they'd be guided. But in Exodus 34, Moses tells God, and he says, that is not enough. Unless your presence goes with me, I will not go. Right? So for us as a church, like, are we satisfied simply with the angel going with us? You know, and, you know. But are we actually looking and saying, God, no, I want your presence. And if I'm going to be, like, destined to wander in the desert, Lord, I want at least your presence to be with me. You know, I'm thinking of Singapore. I mean, I, I love, you know to be a wanderer, right? Like we could think of Singapore, we could go and we could visit. Uh, Seme and I were kind of thinking maybe we could do something in Egypt. Pastor Monir, uh, another pastor in Cincinnati, Egyptian pastor, he has connections. He could help us basically go anywhere where there's Muslims, right? And we could go there and we could wander. And all we need to do really is just have, you know, at the end, he was kind of talking from Hebrews 11, Pastor Mike, that we have faith in God, right? So if we have faith in God, you know, nothing's impossible. I mean, this church is going to grow. Why? Not because of anything special, actually. There's other churches out there that have a lot of special things. But do you know what? We're just going to wander with God, and we're going to see God bless us. You know, and then uh, what, where is that going to take us? You know, maybe it'll take some of us to a mission field. Maybe some of you will want to go to Bible school. Maybe some of you will find yourself wanting to move on the mission fields. 
I mean, when we wander with God, I mean, amazing things happen. Amazing things happen. It doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, what your excuses are. I mean, God can meet every single uh, need. God can meet every single excuse and take it away and say, you know, you're with me, buddy. <laughs> you're with me. And when we're with God, it's an amazing place to be, isn't it? So let's just um, let's just pray. Uh, after service, we'll be here for a while hanging out. You can ask some questions. He has some amazing stories on how he first went to China. Actually, kind of a funny story. Uh, I mean, it probably besides my parents, he probably, him and Abel have the most stories to tell about me. Because I was 23 or 24 or something when I moved there with them. So I was young and stupid. You know, now I'm older and stupid. <laughs> you know, so we could talk to them, ask them questions. Uh, I think tonight's, if anybody's interested, we're going to go to um, the Mountain View Diner and have some food with them and just fellowship. So let's pray. Oh, you have a song. And then you can pray. It doesn't matter. Yeah. There's no order. <laughs> no rules. Yeah, you can. Yeah, more pray. <laughs>